You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Vicious Circle. Uh, wait, we're not Vicious Circle tonight, are we? Well, <clears throat> sort of and sort of not. What do you want to call tonight? Well, uh, I'll explain to everyone real quick. Uh, first, I want to apologize for not being here last Sunday. I was watching the Lakers game, and I'm going to get into that in just a second about my predictions in sports. <clears throat> but I talked to Rob several weeks ago. We were trying to think of something different when we started talking about maybe following this election and the COVID-19 and um, I'm watching these new shows out there, like, you know, uh, carrying Jamel talking about sports and everybody else was doing it. I had actually thought about it for us, all these other shows. I thought, let's go ahead and try something different. We don't know if we'll try it every Wednesday, but since we did not make it last Sunday, we're going to start tonight. And we're and what my idea was to call it was right or wrong or wrong or right Wednesdays. And Eric out in Sacramento, California, would know exactly what I'm talking about. And I've told him this, and he'll testify to this, and I've told Rob this and many other people. I am right until I am wrong. And I find myself very seldom being wrong. And I'm going to tell some stories about that tonight. And if anyone can think of a time that I was wrong, I want you to send in a message and remind me of that. Because I'm going to think you're. Not many times people are going to say that. And the reason why, people, I was raised like that. My grandfather, quiet guy, never heard him lie one time in his life. Not one time. I thought, it, I think still today it's stupid to lie, even if you have to reveal something about yourself. Rob, I think I've told you more things about myself than anyone I know. Uh, I've never pat myself on the back. Let's just an honest pat on the back or something someone asked me. But again, that's what we're going to try to do tonight. I want to clear up some things and just a real quick, quick run through to where I am tonight or today in my political view of this whole um, presidential campaign. And it is crazy right now. <laughs> Rob, I called this too. I said this was going, I said this a long time ago. This was going to be the craziest. Um, presidential deal that we ever saw. There was going uh, the name calling, the uh, all this stuff. You know, the president getting COVID nineteen. Joe Biden stealing three million dollars with his son. Uh, it just goes on and on. It just I, I don't even again. 
you know, we got Joe Biden with Atifa, the, uh, the Boogaloos. I just saw um, some, uh, a documentary, two shows on Viceland. I, I, I want to believe those people because even though they're to the left and they hate Donald Trump, they're usually in the middle somewhere and they try to tell the truth. They actually got that guy killed from Antifa, so they're doing a good job, right, Viceland? So anyway, that sort of ha- that sort of did happen. They had him on air the next night; he gets shot and killed at his home. Oh. Might you know stay out of some of those things, Viceland. But anyway, but they've got some good shows. I really believe in some of their stuff. One of the things that really got me interested in thinking about politics was one of their shows called "Hate Thy Neighbor," with a, a host named Jamali, who's I think Muslim. Really funny guy. He puts a really cool spin on things. One I saw recently, I've seen it several times. It's called the Freedom of Speech. Comes out from uh, there is a bunch of students from Berkeley University, and I, I I think people will agree. A lot of people will that that's where protest and you know all this a lot started years ago back in the uh, Bill Walton days. Uh, you know the the guy from out UCLA um, that loves the Grateful Dead, and I'll leave that at that. I like Bill Walton anyway. It's a really cool show. It's the simplest forms of people's opinions. And where there's a, several people to the left and there's several different groups to the right. And we see the difference of all of them. The cool thing about these younger people on this documentary is that they're honest. And it, it, even though it looks silly, I, I bet you when they look at what's going on today, it looks more silly to them than themselves. And I'm going to make some examples of that tonight. Okay, real quick, I'm not, I don't have a horse in this race, the po- political race here. Um, I, I, this is a gut feeling about Donald Trump not getting reelected. I'm a better at heart. I love to bet on things. I also like, and Rob will tell you this, because he can testify that I've called a lot of things in the year that I've known him. Yeah. Or things that happened in the future. Sorry, that's an Amber Alert. Um, somebody just kidnapped my dog no i'm just kidding um <laughs> so um where was i right there for them but oh yeah so i made a few predictions and i want to uh I, I i like to bet on things and it, to me this was a good fun bet it's almost like a college basketball game that lasted for six months uh but i'm tired of it and i want off of this damn <laughs> wagon man yeah all right so i'm gonna give everybody a couple of things that all right i told everyone and i got a couple phone calls a phone call today telling me, Sid, you were so right about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the running back, fullback for the Tennessee Titans. He was drafted the same time that Ezekiel Elliott was drafted. I said that that was the biggest mistake Dallas ever made, and today it is the biggest mistake they made. Uh, uh, Henry is, first of all, 10 times a better human being. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. He doesn't cause you trouble. He's He's also as fast as Elliott. But he's more powerful. He's exactly what Dallas would have wanted. Someone like that. All the criteria, smart, uh, you know, just everything. And they're out of it. They can't win a game. So I was right about that. I'm getting phone calls from everyone since Sid. It took a couple of years for me to believe about Derrick Henry. But again, sometimes it takes a while for people to learn that I am right. All right. I'll go back to also the Chicago Cubs. Jeff and Eric out at Sacramento, I told them both. In the playoffs before the World Series that Cubs won the World Series, I said they would win the World Series next year, and they did. Not only did they win the World Series, they had, I think, the most wins in Major League history that year. But after that game, I said, 
when they won the World Series, I said they will not win another World Series if they can't get a pitcher that can hold someone on first base, and that's John Lester. I was right about all of that, okay? Recently, I said the Lakers would win the championships, and that's what I was watching the other night. All right? NC State was one of my greatest victories of calling something. NC State was the biggest Cinderella story in college basketball history. And I called that. I actually I actually took the game even. couple bookies, I got at nine and a half points. The guy that was teaching me to fly, uh, Jerry Stevens, because he was such a good guy to me, I took it even. I won by one basket. Today, that's the greatest Cinderella uh, underdog story in the history of sports, and I was a part of that, okay? So those are just a few right there, all right? So, again, when I told my uncle two years ago that Donald Trump, because he's a Democrat and he hates Donald Trump, I said, don't worry, Bill. Donald Trump is not going to get reelected. I told this to a couple other people that Republicans uh, actually bet with them, um, and I'm going to win that bet. This is the reason I thought that, everyone. First, I didn't know who was going to be running against him. I just said he's overexposed, and he is overexposed. He's on Twitter or news every time you look, even if he doesn't want to, he's on there. He's overexposed for his, 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 his own doing. Then he has got a lot of enemies. I, I think they aren't all warranted. I think uh, the media, we know if you want to watch Viceland, watch the whole the sh show, a uh, series, uh, not a series, a show called The Bernie Blackout. That'll explain to you exactly how powerful media is. I didn't know that. I know that they're biased. And um, and again, if you got that many people hating you, you're not going to get reelected. He also, he never thought he was going to get elected in the first place. He was running against someone who they didn't want to vote for. They won't make that mistake today, this next time. The other says this, history shows us this in voting. When Democrats come out to vote, they win. And if they don't come out to vote, they don't. I'm going to say they're going to come out just like Obama's election. They're going to come out this time. Okay. So all these factors is going to be why Donald Trump loses this race. It's not because Joe Biden is a better person. I think Joe Biden is equally as bad, if not worse. Um, same thing, everyone. Politicians lie. Uh, I've not seen one that told the truth. Um, I've always watched these things from afar. I'm probably going to be really disappointed with the few people I do think of uh, got character in this political arena, and that was George Bush Sr. and George Bush Jr. Um, the reasons I liked them was because the people they surrounded themselves with. George Bush Sr., we know, was one of the greatest polit you know, lifetime politicians there were. That was, and he also was a very, very down, one of the greatest human beings towards his family and other people. Did you ever meet? He had been so many times commended about the letters he wrote people and stuff like that. He's just a really caring person. I don't see that in Joe Biden or Donald Trump right now. Uh, George Bush Jr., he just, reason he was good or as good as he was, he sort of followed his father's footsteps, surrounded himself around the same group of people. Uh, of course, George Bush Jr. wasn't half as smart as his father, but that's what we got. That was our last, in my opinion, our last good president. So now I'm trying to catch up with this from 
being inside and closer that me and Rob have been. We've been following this for a while now. It's okay. Been, it's, Is this interesting, Rob? It's been interesting. You have to be able. Okay. Now, everyone's got to realize something about this, too. When I picked um, – um, who did I pick? Oh, yeah, the World Series. I said this year the Dodgers will win it. All right. I said last year the Dodgers would win it, right? Well, they didn't. And I had a chance to go against – well, I said the Dodgers and Astros would be there. And I said the Astros would win the World Series. Well, the um, the Nationals got there. Now, you got to realize – I've been a fan of the Washington Nationals. It's been my favorite team since the day Steven Strasburg signed on. I wanted to see that guy win the World Series. And with because I had to go with my gut feeling, I lost. Okay, I lost that one. And I, even the night before that they could have – I could have jumped the wagon and gone to my favorite team. I did not because I stuck to my guns. Um, and I did lose that one. I do lose sometime, okay? But it's tough to pick against your favorite team. Now, in this case right now, if I had to pick one of the least or one of the least worst would because of what I feel, I think it might be, um, I don't know, maybe Donald Trump, just because at this moment I heard of last, this past week of this Atifa and this um, Bugaloo group and all these people or tore down Teddy Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln statues. I mean, I know this sounds petty on my part to be worried about a piece of concrete, but I'm going to remind everyone of the 269 words that Abraham Lincoln did in the speech at Gettysburg Address in the middle somewhere. He says, let's don't mar these people's history no matter what side they were on because they did it with their lives. That's very true. And I'm not, again, I'm not taking Donald Trump's side because – this I just think he does say that he's against these things. I'm afraid too, everyone, that when this election's over and Biden wins, that these protests aren't going to go away. In the first week or so, and this is a, a prediction of mine, the first week or so, it's going to be worse than it is right now. And it might calm down until the next time one of these groups thinks it's right for them to do it. Because whenever you're going to feel like doing it, when you got you know the government's backing you to do this, or when they're not backing you, that's a simple analogy, okay? So that's just a prediction. I'm not wishing this on anybody, but I, I think that these are the things we'll see in the future. I think I, I feel like too. I'll know within three, four months. I'm gonna say I, I'm leaning 60, 55 percent. That first Biden might not live for four years. He, if he does, he will not get reelected again. This is the reason why. He is not going to do anything about COVID-19 that's not getting done right now. He's not going to be able to mandate masks because people aren't wearing masks because they don't want to. Okay? There's enough people telling them to do this. I'm going to give you an example. I heard this. I haven't seen it. They said the Pope is not wearing a mask. We know the Orthodox Jews in New York right now aren't wearing a mask. And they're supposed to be smart people, right? And we know, I'd like to think they're not Donald Trump supporters. Uh, I don't know that, but, uh, you know, the one Jewish guy I know, he would tell me that probably is right, uh, that they're not. So even smart people aren't wearing masks, okay? Um, and then, again, I told you, Rob, earlier, my wife, saw, she saw something that came out just today. CDC says 
that 80 percent or higher people that got COVID-19, they said at least 80 percent of them were wearing a mask. Uh, I'd like to see that myself. Uh, not that I think Sabrina's not telling the truth, but I know she's a Trump supporter. And right at this moment, I don't believe anyone until I see it, read it myself. So, but he's not going to do anything different than Donald Trump. I don't think he'll even mandate it because he'll be afraid of what will come after that. You know what I mean, Rob? Yeah. It's going to be hard for him to do that. Uh, and we know this about politicians, everyone. They're lying to us. And that's what I'm trying to get to the point here to people that let's don't be hoodwinked or let uh, shade come over our eyes just because we hate one person more than the other. Let's look that hopefully down the road one day that we even when I talked to my uncle the other night and I'll throw him under the bus, he was just on and on about Trump. And finally, I said, Bill, you know that they're both equally bad people. And he said he started laughing. He said, yeah, he said, but this is the great thing about our democracy. Maybe in next in four years from now, we'll have some really young, smart, educated, youthful people to come out to do a better job. And then we can vote them in. And that's how it works. Uh, I'll go back to Warren Buffett. Joe Biden isn't going to be able to change the price of our underwear when we go to Walmart, 30 cents one way or the other. But he can't also stop these left-wing groups that are, or they're doing these horrible things. And that's what scares me the most. Um, I was watching Hate Thy Neighbor the other night. Not Hate Thy Neighbor. It's called Fringe Nation. It's a new series on Viceland. And um, they were talking about the Bugaloo mo movement. The Bugaloo movement is this, from what they, and they interviewed these guys. There's two sides of it. One is a sort of a, a, a group of sovereign citizens, in a sense, that think they're better than sovereign citizens. They sort of want the government's help some, but they don't want it all. They want to be able to carry their guns and, you know, put a shed up on their permit uh, uh, without a permit you know they want mail but they don't want to have to have driver's license to go get mail the other side of the bugaloo moment is ran by a black guy can't remember his name he's a black rapper and i heard him say this the other night at least twice and these are the people you see on these protests they're dressed in black and carrying machine guns these people are going out in, in, in the field and practicing military movements and these horrible things, you know, to kill people. And he said this, and you, I'm not making this up. He said this twice or three times. He says, I tell these people to shoot and shoot to kill these motherfuckers. That was his exact words. So we got people out there like that. So I, I want to make that point because now I want to go into, I want to make a example of bad voters, people that shouldn't vote, okay? Let me see here. I'm going to start with a story. Now, I, I, this sounds weird at first, but it'll make, us, it'll make sense when I get to the end of this story about Linda and Richard Cox, the couple I told you that you might qualify them as racist, not uh, white supremacist. They like to use the N-word when they want to. They think they can use it in front of people of color anytime they want to. And they don't think it hurts people's feelings. Do you remember that story, Rob? I do remember that. Okay. Well, all right. So right after the Tulsa convention, you know, that 
topic, that story got brought up, Rob, as you will remember, about Black Street Mafia, uh, uh, Wall Street, Black Wall Street Massacre. Remember that? Yep. Okay. Now, this is what worries me about people like these people. All right. So now, the story, and Rob and I looked it up, read it. I think there was, what, 20, 30, 40 confirmed deaths, Rob? It was low. It was low. But there was there was a there was a feeling that there could have been maybe up to a thousand because they can't remember how many people they threw in that river. And that was a story that I saw on CNN. Now, if you heard that story, you had two ways of looking at it. You're hoping that God only those few people died. Or if you were looking at the other way, you could only be looking at that one way. You were looking at it as your own personal victory. So when I saw Richard Linda that day, a Father's Day, when I saw them trying to carry those leaves to the back for that woman, I stopped and helped them. They brought up that story. And the first thing they could not wait to tell me was about how many thousands of people. Now, they exaggerated. Now, there are 10,000 people that got, of those people got dumped in the river. The reason I'm telling you this story is this. These are the same people that voted for Obama and Obama's administration. And the reason they voted for Obama because somehow they thought, and they said this, they were getting $25 or more on their checks. Now, I did some research into that. Rob, have you? I did a little bit of research in the one you told me about Trump. Right. All right. Now, this is how that worked on Trump. Trump did change the tax situation. My uncle does payroll for a, a clinic, and he sees this. He said, it does happen. And he did notice that some people, you know, his payroll, that his employees were getting $1,200 more a year about that because he sees that on their incomes and stuff like that. So, But what happens there, they just shuffle that around. You're going to pay for that somewhere else, okay? Now, how Obama said it, I don't know. But this is what I'm getting to. These people would vote for Obama because they thought they were getting $25 in their pocket. means that what they really felt about their stance in life didn't matter for $25. It's yeah. okay to vote for a, a, an African-American, but laugh and exaggerate tens of thousands of deaths. So these are the people voting. Okay, that's one group of people. Uh, I saw um, – I'm looking at this story. Um, there's a guy at church this morning. Now, this is simple. He says that he is a yellow dog Democrat meaning that he would rather vote for a no-good yellow dog than vote for a Republican. Now, that's not a horrible thing to say. But if you really think about that and think that this guy's casting a vote only on the premises because he couldn't think that the other person could be better. Now, in this case, probably right on that. But he can't see the wrong that he's voting for, Um, which I find that, again, I think Joe Lockhart, told I, I heard this and it stuck with me he said if you don't know anything about voting don't vote because you're, you're casting a vote that really is a bad vote i think when um but again people have other reasons like my uncle votes democrat because he has to work with medicaid and medicare and this has been a thorn in his side for a long time so i can understand that he told me the other day that he went out and voted forever african-american on a ballot in the state of florida not even knowing them you know, which I think that's okay too. And he says, you know what? They might, this is what John Lewis would say. This is a, this is good trouble. That didn't hurt no one, him voting for something like that. Again, 
he said the reason he was doing it. He didn't say he did it because he hated Donald Trump. He just said he did because these guys might, or these women might never get a vote. So again, I think it's a silly way to doing it, but I can see his point. Um, lady at church this morning, she tried to talk me into registering voting Democrat, and I told her I, I've never voted my whole life that I couldn't vote for someone that I didn't agree with. Um, this is the same lady that I told her story. We were talking about crossing over the Mississippi River this morning. I said, yeah, one time I crossed it in here, going to the airport, and then that same afternoon I crossed it in Ottawa, Canada. She said, no, you didn't. She said, it starts in Minnesota. Now, I I thought to myself, I've crossed this over 1,000 times in my life and saw the sign that said the Mississippi River. When I told her that I pulled up on my phone, Wikipedia says there is a subsidiary that goes through Ottawa as called the Mississippi River. She still couldn't come to terms that that was the truth. That I worries me about it. Huh? There's the map. It's right beside right. Ottawa. Right. And not only is it, a, is it a part of it, there is actually an area called Mississippi Mills. Right. And it's right beside Ottawa, right there. That's what I'm saying. So again, but this is this woman too, Rob. She, a couple of weeks ago, said to me um, how bad Trump was and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, he is. I said, I said, but I could not vote for either person if I knew that they were taking the sides of someone like one of these groups that are killing people. All right. So that to me is pretty simple. I can't vote for any one of these people, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, as long as they're okay with killing someone. Period. Yeah. Uh, and if you're voting for either one of them, in my opinion only, this isn't right or wrong. This is maybe wrong or right. Uh, you're voting for someone who's killing someone, and you you got to, you're saying that that's okay, and I think that makes you look common and uneducated. All right, so that's that on that. All right, um, the thing about voting too, everyone. Uh, I don't want to hear anybody crying. No matter who what candidate uh, loses, we can't just cast a vote. Um and expect our candidate to win if we're not getting off our ass and going out and doing something. Um, say, for instance, we can't just take a stance at home that I'm not wearing a mask consider that, you know, to um, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting Donald Trump. We can't wear a mask and not go out to, a, to and put out at least one sign to vote for Joe Biden. If you if, again, if he loses, if you all you did is wear a mask, you you didn't help anyone. You didn't help either. You didn't help your side. And if you wearing a, didn't wear a mask, you didn't help your side. What you need to do is get out with your local politicians, put up signs, think of your own personal rallies, and then maybe your candidate will have a chance to win. That's how people get elected. Everyone, you don't sit on your ass and go, you know what? Um, and just that, just I have nothing to say that sounds good. That's so, your quarterback, right? Armchair quarterback. Now, I am going to tell you something that has. This is why I can understand now why people say you don't talk about politics or religion. I guess this is why they say it. I have seen so many weird conversations with this politics and religion. 
um, I won't go into any names here, that it just, just, just shocks me. Okay, so politics. I'm looking for something. All right. I was saying if we don't get off our butts and don't help someone, we can't worry about who wins or loses this race. Yeah. Um, Rob, you want to talk a second? I'm going to read through this real quick, see if I can find this here. Yeah, sure. Not a problem. I uh, actually sent you a video, and okay. it's been the most kind of middle road video I've seen in a while. Uh, there's a gentleman called Bo of the Fifth Estate, I think it is. And right. he's just a guy in Florida that likes to talk. And he was saying that right now it does look like Biden is going to win. He goes, but this does not mean things will change. No, it, it won't. As Unfortunately, soon as, yeah, ahead, Bob, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. As soon as he's in office, he is still a politician. Right. So whoever wins, <laughs> you know, it, all they have, all they're going on basically is we're not Trump. Right. And that's, that's not something you can count on because once they get into office, it's like, well, how is anybody held accountable for anything if they didn't make any promises? This is the thing is, um, your thing about climate change, this is an example of what you're talking about, is that climate change is going to be fixed because the people fix it. And that's because the people are already doing things about it. Walmart's going all electric. Amazon's going all electric. Uh, there's these, we're going to get there. But Joe Biden's not going to get He's already said that that's Bernie Sanders This thinks more of climate change. No, he's saying he doesn't believe in changing this, but he says he does too. But again, no, politicians don't tell the truth. Now, this is the reason, um, again, this would be the reason you don't talk politics with someone. I know what I was trying to get to now. Okay. When you talk politics with someone, first of all, the kids, they just can't tell the truth for the most part. They got to even you come up with an issue about, like, for instance, both people are bad. Well, yeah, but uh, like John Lewis said, it's a good trouble. Like my uncle, he said pretty much a couple of weeks ago when I was walking one morning, talking to him, it's okay to kill people. I said, Billy, you hear what you're saying? All right, so that's a again democratic view of it, uh, or another view of it. Um, so when again, when you talk about people about politics, these are some of the things that happen. You can't get them to tell the truth. Or in my case, this, Rob, I haven't told you this, and I won't bring up any names, but I almost decided not to talk about this anymore. Uh, and I haven't told you this story. Um, and I'll tell you why I almost said not to, and that's why I thought about it for a few days, and that's why I decided to take my, not give up on this and, and follow through with this. I was having a conversation with someone. It was about the simple uh of using and wearing a mask and their stance was clear. They didn't want to wear one. They had all these reasons why they did not want to wear one. And they asked me, what should they do if, um, since they didn't want to wear one and I'm not going to go into it. They had a lot of real personal reasons. They should have wore one, but I just said this, stay your ass at home. And I, I felt I, I talked like that to everyone, unfortunately. That's just my way of saying I care or I'm trying to shock you into saying, listen to me, you know. Um, but this is what happened. So we're talking on the telephone. This person gets off the telephone 
that makes a personal dig towards my family about my son. Okay. First of all, when people do that, first, a telephone is a cheap way of um, any type of warfare, especially, you know, if you can't talk to me on again, the telephones, I just hate them. But then texting is even 10 times worse because I can't see anything back. So everyone knows I don't text a lot. But they um, said something about, you know, took a personal gig at my son. And um, so I'm going to say this now. Um, when people do that, I think it probably reflects on themselves and their children. But being a couple things common, which a lot of people are common, they're still good people. But common and uneducated is an ugly combination for a person. So when you can only, because you can't say, come up with a fact, but to argue with science or even just a simple plea, you know, to save yourself and people around you, you don't go after someone's family, you know. So, again, I thought about that. I was I actually thought about getting out of this. And I thought, no, then I can't tell this story that I'm telling right now. So that might be tonight, everyone, while I was a little agitated because this has sort of been building up in me just a little bit. I think, unfortunately, the majority of people that vote are people like the people I've talked about tonight. They're common and uneducated, even if I don't care if they went to college. They look common and appear to be uneducated. When your vision is like this, everyone, and you can only see that much, you're limiting yourself. I like to think my vision's right here, everyone. I can't see my hands. I want to absorb and learn everything I can. I don't think everyone should take that route, but I think you should maybe take a small part of that route. Don't ever turn down something that you can learn. Also, yeah. Be sure that you're learning something positive. Rob, now, real quick, again, since you've known me last year, have I been, when we talked about things, how many times have I lied to you? Uh, none that I'm aware of. None. Right, okay. Again, on the things that we predicted, I told you that I was predicting. How many of those have come true? I, Dude, we talked about this, I think, about four or five days ago, and I actually legit sat, and I can't think of one that comes to my mind that you were wrong. Right. You know, and no, I wanted to. I wanted yeah, to. I wanted to find out what. I want someone to. Uh, this is the thing is, I don't do this to try to uh, be smarter than everyone. I do this because this is the way I like to live. You know, I always thought of um, if I couldn't tell the truth or if I had to tell a lie or uh, gossip, I couldn't stand those two things, lying or gossip. Not till I started going to church the last few years that I found out both of those are a sin. Um, Again, some people that don't believe in that don't care. But again, I don't want to lie. I don't want to gossip. Now, it's always fun to tell a story on this show about wrestling. And I did tell a chic story a couple of weeks ago. I still feel a little bit bad about that, but that's a wrestling story. And I know that she, he's told that story on Howard Stern a million times. So <laughs> yep. anyway, but that's where we got to, everyone. We got to look at these people. And realize that that's not the world we're looking for in the future. That the people that are voting like this now, most of these people are old people. And I hate saying that. And, and this is horrible. We've said, I said this about both these candidates. They're, they're too old. Uh, the people that are supporting them for the most part are too old. I think I talked about a little bit a couple of weeks ago 
about the shot I saw on, on PBS about climate change and all the young people that protesting. If anybody wants to see a real form of protesting, to me, it was the greatest protest I've ever seen in my life and greater numbers I've ever seen in my life. And it was all teenagers. And to me, that gave me a little hope. Uh, I'll go back to the story of um, Earth Day uh, six, eight months ago. They have a National Geographic. Jane Goodall is one of the big time animal and environmental activists there are. She found out caring about chimpanzees, you also have to care about the environment. And she became a big part of that. So they had a lot of these kids group up, ages from six to nine or 10, not much older than that, okay? And they asked this one, the poor little boy, they said, do you, what do you think about climate change? And they're telling him, he's telling his point of view about that and animals. And they said, what do you think about Jane Goodall? He says, we've got to protect her because she is mother nature. All right. That's one of the few older people I know they're doing the right thing right now. Most of us are doing the wrong thing. If we don't believe in climate change, you're too old. You know, you're just, you're, you're common and you're uneducated. Um, if you don't believe in wearing a mask, you're common and you're uneducated. I'm not being mean to you. I'm just telling you the facts out here. Well, so They've actually ahead, said right? it doesn't matter who wins this election. They right. will be the oldest person ever to be president. Right. I mean, this is, uh, they, they both ramble in their own ways. Trump just repeats himself and repeats himself with boring things about how great he is. Uh, tr uh, Biden, I guess, in the last few days has been saying this is a Senate race, not a race for the presidency. He just forgets where he's at sometimes. And that's sort of cute to watch from a distance. If you don't want that person, that's your president. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, it's cute for me to watch it from a distance. It's your country. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, you know, he said this, and he was honest, that he doesn't plan on running a second term, and he picked someone like Kamala Harris to be able to take up for him, you know, finish up where he couldn't start. He thinks that she's a pretty good person for that. Um, that'll, of course, that'll be tested, too. I hope this doesn't happen. But it's about time for something like that to happen that a president dies in office. Right, Rob? I think you said that one time. Oh, it's it that, goes in cycles or something. That, that uh, oh, what did they call it? The Tecumseh curse. The Tecumseh curse. Yep. Every okay, 10 years, roughly. We got a, a, we got a tag name for Joe Biden. <laughs> what is that again? The Tecumseh curse. The Tecumseh curse. The Tecumseh curse. Yeah, he's, um, I don't know. I don't want to wish anything about anybody. But that's where we're at on that tonight, everyone, on politics. We're going to try to not get into this as deep from now on, especially on our regular shows on Sundays. Um, and we're actually, what we're going to go into wrestling is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun for me. Uh, it's the first time I've had, it's sort of first time I took my foot off the curb and I'm going to report news that's not, you know, to me it's 100% factual. Uh, and I'll tell you the story in a minute. Okay. Let's get Johnny on, Rob, to get the wrestling side of things. Yes. Yes. Uh, just waiting for him to come back into camera because I know he's listening. And there he is. Johnny, how are you doing, buddy? Y'all talk for a second, Rob. I'm using the bathroom. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> how you doing, Johnny? Hey, Rob. I'm all right, man. I want to thank you for letting me talk to Sid, man. Be my idol, man. Crazy. No, no, trust me. That's it. I get it. 
The first time I met him, I get it completely. And that's why I keep telling everybody out there, if you have an idea like Johnny did, Johnny's got an interesting topic we're going to get into. Shoot me an email. He just got me on Facebook and said, dude. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, and we made this happen. I got some, I got some, I got some questions that are that are baffling, man, like been on my mind for years, for many years, a long time. And I want to ask them. But you know, I went to see him, I believe uh a friend, a friend took me a long time ago. I probably was like eight or ten years old, and it, that was when he was fighting the Undertaker, and I and I think it was WrestleMania when I looked it up. And ever since then, man. His presence, man. I I had his poster. My first fight, my first fight ever, was fighting my brother because he ripped my Sid poster by mistake. <laughs> really? Yeah. And we didn't have, we couldn't really afford the magazine, so you know, I was pretty pissed off about it. All right, guys, we should rip it out. Hey, Sid, you've hey, got Johnny. to hear this story about Johnny's first fight. Oh shit! Hey, I, <laughs> yeah, I had my first fight with my brother. I came home from school. And you get a WWF at the time magazine, and it would have a poster in there, a long poster, right? And it was, mm -hmm. I had Jaws, and my brother ripped it by mistake playing around, and that was my first fight. He was my older brother, too, and that was my first <laughs> fight that I ripped my poster. But we didn't have money to afford another, you know, another book. I was pissed off. I bet you were. <laughs> That's a good one there, Johnny. You want to see we, something? You know what I'm looking at? You remember this? What's the, I'm trying to remember. Oh, the barbershop. Yes, the barbershop. Johnny, were you watching AEW tonight? That thing right there. I was watching a little bit of it, but I Hello? Yep, oh, you there? Oh, Here, you just got a bit of a lag. Yeah, you know, I was watching a little bit of it, and then I went to YouTube to watch some of your videos. Your okay. Can you hear me? Yep. What it is, Johnny? You got just a little bit of lag, so we're staying silent where you can talk. And then when you get through, we'll we'll chime in. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. Um, when WCW was bought, right? Did it? Did they have to take WCW out completely? They couldn't just have both shows. Johnny, from my understanding, no. Uh, when uh, the WWF or the WWE, I forget what they were at that time. When they bought the show, they were able to do whatever they wanted to with it. And this is what my my art, not my argument, but this is, was my point of view on that. This was a deal, guys, and everyone just in the wrestling business or think they know about wrestling. I'm fixing, this is wrong or right Wednesdays. I'm fixing sit y'all's ass about right on wrestling stuff tonight. When they bought over that company, everyone, they had a chance and only then did they have a chance to start over and you could have started over. And this might sound stupid corny to some of these really smart people out there, but you could have started over with a clothesline being a finish. Okay. All right. So then you didn't have to worry about competition and you had all these markets that you could have flooded with, and that would have supported your territory from now to forever, okay? Well, Vince's ego to say, I beat Ted Turner, he didn't do that, Johnny. And that was a, and he's in where he is right now. And before he got where he is right now, 
where they could not give away enough tickets for a television taping to where they didn't have to box it off. And they could have had that or they could have sold out arenas if he had made the right decisions in the beginning, which he did not. Now, I don't know if you call that a myth or whatever. That's just my guessing on that. Uh, not that you know, they didn't try that, so I can't prove myself right on that. But that's, I think I'm pretty close to that. Now, I do know you got a hold of us for a question. Um, and it was about the youth in your area, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. The young guys, the young guys, there's a lot of uh, not professional wrestlers, but a lot of the kids and, and some even a little bit older that want to be wrestlers. So they don't have anywhere to go. So, of course, being that they don't have anywhere to go or they don't know, you know, how to how to approach things in a professional manner, they do it unprofessionally, right? And mm -hmm. I looked at AEW and they had a couple of guys from the Bronx. Did you know that? Yeah. I, I, what's I your know. name, Johnny? Um, It's the Spanish guys that run with Chris Jericho. And it was okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. And one recently just passed away. He was doing pretty good, but he passed away. He got into an accident and uh, with a sanitation truck. Oh, I think I did here. Now I've been off the loop on AEW for the last couple of weeks. You know, I started like everybody in the mm -hmm. beginning watching them, uh, and I watched them. I, I tried to, you know, even through this COVID nineteen, I watched. Them. I think they were doing a, a good job of what they were doing in the beginning until Vince and then finally adopt, adapted and come up with that uh, Thunderdome deal sort of made them look, mm -hmm. you know, second rate again. This is my worry about AEW, Johnny. One of the worries that I said this in the beginning too, everyone. Uh, this was one of my predictions. That one of my worries about them was them being overexposed. Uh, meaning they could, they can't afford to make any mistakes or like have any bad days or bad matches right now. They got to try to make everything be the best they can. Uh, I do respect, and I, the thing I love about the show the most is that you can tell that everything isn't scripted. These guys are having to do this. What I respect is on the fly, on live TV. And that really tells us about our craft and our sport. The people who are doing it like the WWE through everything's choreographed. I don't think that says a lot for you. you got a refined product and a better-looking product, but for some reason, AEW's to me is more appealing. I like to see a mistake once in a while, um, and that's just me because then the fans get to go, you fucked up, or blah, blah, blah. You know, We don't see that anymore. The fans don't get to participate in matches like they used to because of that very reason. Everything's programmed, and they're trying to program the fans to only do this and only do that. When you do that, I'm going to go back to something I'm tired. I know everybody's getting tired of me saying. That's like lining me up with Rob and say, Rob, said, I want you to run, take a, run off from here, but I want you both to stop in the same spot. Well, I can't become a better wrestler than Rob if I stop in the same spot. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? All right. right so, right. getting back That's to right. AEW. So, this is some of the things I, I see. Uh, they're little things sometimes, but when the little things add up, like, um, um, I forget what there was a tag match of the night I watched last week, and it was horrible. The two guys they had in there, I don't know where they came from, but um, the little pukey white guy, I just like, man, who is this guy? 
I think it to me it was about as bad as that Shukamore on WWE. They both just look out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't have a lot of minutes like that on that TV right now. Uh, for the most part, they're really, really working hard. Um, and they, again, um, I'm seeing it. I don't think a lot of other people are picking up on their mistakes, but they can't afford a lot of them. For, say, for instance, this is one of the things I think they're doing really good. Mm-hmm. The young bucks. I don't know if they ever doing this on purpose or not, but they have taken themselves out of that tag team deal. You know, they haven't put themselves over so strong like some of the other guys are doing. Meaning, you know, they're they're putting people over. They haven't taken the belts. Now, what I would do if I'm in the company, I suggest everyone to do this right now. Don't let any baby face go over in a program or even to a certain extent until you're able to go back in front of a live audience. Anything that's taken away from that between now and then is is ticket sold you can't get back. Does that make sense, anyone? I mean, if I shot an angle today where I can't go to a live audience, I can't sell those tickets in a year from now or six months from now. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to give you an example now that that makes makes sense to some people. All right, here's your example. Cody Rhodes came out from the you know the white hair and the and the goody good guy he already put over that guy um which is a good worker that uh, uh what do they call him the dark side you know what I'm talking about uh Brody Brody Lee mm-hmm. y'all not hear me no we can hear you all right so do you uh, or you didn't Rob yeah we can uh, hear you oh did you see the match where uh uh Cody let that he put that belt on that guy in other words, he's already done the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's already put the guy over, and he's already changed characters. He went from the blonde hair to the black hair. All right? You can't do that. Those are tickets you can't sell in the future. Yeah. You can't turn yours. Every time you go from baby face to heel, you, it's like if you're a rock, and you're on a rock that's on a groove, and every time that rock tilts and hits something to the side, it gets an edge, a, a click in it. Then that rock doesn't go smooth anymore down that valley because it's got little clicks in it. And when you got enough clicks, you come off that rail. And that means in the wrestling business, being this, you've lost all your steam. You can only be a babyface once or twice, everyone. You can only change your hair color once or twice. He's already done that. Now, I've said this, and I'm not saying this to be mean or ugly. That's something his dad did all the time. He came up with angles that didn't really make any sense and that were bad timing for the angles. I'll give you an example. Oz. Okay. Um, Shockmaster. When he tried to turn me baby face, they wanted to do it with just me having coming out. Again, that's not putting a lot of thought into things. And that's exactly what that looked like to me. Now, it could have been one of two things, everyone. It could be the office is telling them if we don't, I don't know what the ratings are. With the ratings that they're getting their ass beat real bad, they might say we need to come up with something to match these guys in ratings. But in my opinion, the company should not be worried about ratings. They ought to just worry about getting through this this spell with COVID nineteen, and then when this is over and people feel safe, they're going to come out in big numbers. My prediction. All right, but right now they've already taken that away from the fans. They can't do that again, y'all. Yeah. So those are things they're doing. They're overexposing themselves. 
Um, and that's a, that's going to be a word. When you see things like that, first thing I thought of is they're about to fold. You know, yeah. it's like there's so much pressure for them to do this. Um, but then that, that's what you when you see people hot shotting stuff it means there's pressure somewhere. Ratings mm. or just the thought of trying to be I don't know. But there's something there or and it and as well. Just a bad idea. Bad time. Mm. Mm. Um, I've got a question here from Sterling. Uh, It's got me intrigued. What do you think of WWE buying Evolve Wrestling a couple of months ago, Sid? And also, what are your thoughts of Vince trying to buy the TNA library again? What did they say they bought? They bought what? Evolve. Evolve Evolve Wrestling. You know, this is... um, And then TNA... (laughs) You know, honestly, I, I just see why anybody want to buy TNA. This is from what I remember being in the wrestling business, everyone, is that Vince taught everybody this. You don't have to buy out anything. You just take it over. Uh, I don't see anything. I don't know Evolve. I don't – I know what the old TNA was was like. It was a horrible program. Uh, I don't see why they'd want it. Now, this is probably one side of the wrestling business I know nothing about. What the upside would be if they own that, you know what I mean? I don't th- think they need it, but again, that could say we know what that says for them. They're struggling, and they're trying to get any mm-hmm. and every little thing to you know get them a shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. Or could it just be the fact that they see it as a money maker and they want to make all the money? Well, this is the thing I've not seen the organization. I know TNA is not a money maker. Yeah. Uh, because they were struggling. Uh, they couldn't sell tickets. Could do buy uh, pay uh, pay per view buy rates. Um, if they were doing good, they wouldn't be out of business. Uh, the Evolve, I know nothing about, but I can't think that they're any greater organization than King of the. Uh, what's that group? Uh, oh shit! That King group of the out Ring. California. King of the Ring. That's not a group. That's a match. Uh, Oh, no, Ring of Honor. Mean, I know what you're talking about. You're talking oh, about Ring that, of that, Honor. Ring of Honor, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, again, those things are so small, guys. Uh, you don't have to buy those out. That's not good. I mean, again, it could be that they're, they're, they're struggling that bad that it might help. Oh, Sterling hey. put in something else here. Um, he wants the video library from TNA because Sting, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, and AJ Styles were all there, and they want the video library for the WWE Network. That could be it. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Those are things I don't know the specifics of. What's the upside or the downside of buying something like that? You know, when you're struggling, if you can, this is what they look at. If they can make a thousand dollars a week extra, they'll do that. I can't see it being a big money maker, but if people are asking for it and they see that they can make a dollar, even if it's just one dollar, they will. Oh, yeah, apparently all of Evolve Wrestling's content is now on WWE Network already. So, well, this is the thing is that WWE Network is working. Uh, just for me alone, uh, I think I'm more popular as popular now as I was ten years ago, or right before I broke my, right after I broke my leg. More people know about me, or I get more comments from younger kids than I've ever gotten in my life. So, it's a, definitely a money maker. We know that is what helped them get keeping them above water right now. So anything they can get on that program definitely probably is a good deal. Here's one more question I'm going to throw out here. 
Uh, Andrew said, as someone who's watched the sport, this business for 30 plus years myself, have you ever thought about opening a school to train or mentor the next generation? You know, I, I love teaching people. Um, for me, when I've been lucky enough to have been a part of something and I've told the story about like Osceola, where I got to go in pretty much like I've been done myself before and that's hold someone's hand and walk them through the steps of being successful and that's to draw sell a few tickets when i can get someone else to do that it is more satisfying than me doing it myself and this will sound conceited but it's easy for me to do that i know exactly what to do and how to do it right so so it's again it's harder to get someone that doesn't have all these tools well, I haven't been taught all this yet, but if I could t teach them that, and when I have done that, and when I have been successful, um, it is it is it is satisfying. That would be cool. Now, Johnny, you said you had another question. Oh, yeah, I can keep it coming. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Sid, um, what was your like your were you big on nutrition, or did you just eat and just go to the gym? No, nutrition, Johnny's 30% or more, 30% workout, 30% nutrition, 30% rest. Um, it's um, it, really nutrition might be even more than that. Um, and I learned a lot in the last, say, 10 years from doing a bodybuilding contest. Nutrition is everything. Um, but you have to eat right. Um, I didn't have great genetics. I had to work really hard at it. I had to work really hard in the gym, which I feel safe to say I worked harder in the gym than anybody else I knew. I was in there more often and my workouts were more intense. They were, I know about more about working out than most people do too. And I don't mind saying that. Um, and then my work ethics on top of that, but it, it takes all of it, Johnny, but diet is very, very important. And Sid and I have been talking a lot about that lately too. Well, this is the thing yeah. is Johnny, all the, the, there's more facts on fitness on the diet side of things. There is actually working out. Because working out, the majority of things we know about working out is called this, myths, theories, and principles. And what does that mean, everyone, myths, theories, and principles? What does that mean? Sounds like some of the stories I tell, actually. <laughs> well, pretty close. What that means is I'm guessing. Okay, everyone? It means if it's a myth and it's a theory and it's a principle, I'm guessing. If it's a fact, then I know that, okay? So more of the facts are on the diet side of things than they are on the physical side of things. Mm. Okay. Got it. Got it. Here is another question. Uh, this one is from Virginia. Uh, do you miss getting in the squared circle? You know, sometimes uh, I do. Um, but not of late. Uh, when I, I did my last wrestling was up in Osceola a few years back. We really, we took like, I don't know, guys, I might have spent three or four months going there every Friday night to program those people to where we got it to a frenzy like we did. To end it like that was really pretty satisfying. So, I mean, um, I'd like to have done that again on a big stage, and we actually did reach out at that point to WWE, which they never – you know, we could never work anything out, but um, 
not as much as I did. Well, see, because I always wondered that because you got into it as a business. It wasn't a right. passion, so to speak. Right. And I know a lot of the wrestlers that I've spoken to that were, you know, family people and all that, they miss it like crazy because that was their family. Right. But uh, well, no, I had a few friends. Don't get me wrong. Um, but now, guys, this is what I, this is what I missed most about it. I told myself that I'm taking this as a business, that I'm gonna spend all my time working out and trying to be as perfect as I can be, and I did do that for the most part. Um, for the most part. So, but when I got to the end of my career, I was going to take advantage of it, and when I went to overseas to Italy or wherever I was going, uh, I was going to take advantage to do some sightseeing stuff. And now I do get the chance to do that on some of these independent sh shots I do, but it would have been nice to have, you know, had to broke my leg and finish my career where I could have enjoyed it. And then I probably wouldn't have had the regrets I did have. Okay. On that same topic, I, I found one more question here. What's a good diet to drop some weight? Long story short, due to the job changes, I went from a good shape to rotund in a close to a year. This is it, everyone. There's so many of these fads and diets out there. Rob, uh, you know this yourself. I've lost 50 pounds over the last six months. Uh, I lost most of it up three months ago. Last two or three months, I haven't really been able to lose any weight because I've lost all I can lose. This is the thing is there are fad diets out there like the keto diet, the uh, Atkins diet, and blah, blah, blah. This is what happens on those diets. Protein, I've explained this before, protein, we do not store that. And that's why a high-protein diet is so effective because we don't use protein. We either use it to make our hair grow, our fingernails, to, to repair a scab on our skin or a torn muscle in our body. And that's how we make more muscle. We tear it overnight and mass with proteins, and it gets builder. That's That builds up, and that's how we get bigger muscles. Other than that, if we don't use it to do that, it goes out our system. The only thing we store are carbohydrates. Okay, now have said that, it sounds like the Atkins and the keto diet is a really good diet. But you cannot live a healthy diet eating cheeseburgers and bacon all day. And the keto diet is not just that. You can have a healthy keto and a healthy Atkins diet. And I'm telling you, you cannot, you almost cannot gain weight by eating white meat and vegetables. And I have proven that. Rob has gotten a picture of almost every meal of mine over the last six months. And he made fun of me the other day that it's the same old meal all the time. That's the thing about diet, everyone. If you if you make it perfect and and and, and mistake free, it's probably going to be boring. Meaning you're going to eat the same things. And I'm I I've tried chicken ninety thousand ways. I'm I'm uh anyway. But this is the thing is, everyone, about your diet. If it is boring, you probably can reach out and touch perfect, the word perfect. And that's how it works. So keep your diet boring. Don't go A to Z in the beginning in your diet. Go A, B, C, D to Z where you don't get burned out. Meaning this, pull one thing out of your diet at a time. Uh, for me, it was potato chips. It was No, I never used salt. Potato chips and then uh, then it was pasta, then it was uh, um, um, bread, and then it's um, mashed, no, again, potatoes, rice. Now it's just, you look at my plate of food, it's a bean, it's a vegetable, and it's a white meat for the most part. I'm going to 
add one thing to what you said because I do tease you because the plate tends to look the same, right. but you always spice your stuff up. Yeah. You know, the vegetables have like jalapeno in it or, you yeah. know, that's what keeps it exciting, you know? Right. So it doesn't look boring, but it's really. Well, good. again, uh, I, I stick to the things. This is what, this is what I look at. You no, know, one of the, my, my favorite vegetables, but my favorite is cabbage. Cabbage is just a glass of water with just a few vitamins and nutrients in it. And very little. Uh, Meaning we're not going to gain any weight from it. And it also takes on taste of other food, like things you can add with it, like onion, garlic. And I could put one slice of bacon in a big head of cabbage, and it, it takes on that little slice of bacon taste. Uh, and then, to me, those are the ones I stick with. That, squash, broccoli, spinach. Those are my mainstays. And beans. Beans, again, if you look at any these healthy magazines about food and diet, you see the same plate. You see a lean meat, mostly white meat, a vegetable, usually a steamed vegetable, and a bean or a kosh kosh or something like that. That's what you're going to see. And it doesn't go to, um, you know, barbecue ribs and pinto beans. <laughs> you don't see that, Rob. Yeah, that's true. Now, you have seen that on my plate a couple of times. Uh, a couple of times. But that's what I mean about the spicing it up, you know. That just keeps it a little exciting now and then. Now, I, I did do a new dish that Rob sent to me on my phone. It was cast iron baked skillet and blueberry cornbread. Rob, did you post that picture on my Instagram? No, I will. Okay. Um, I love that blueberry cornbread, man. It turned out really good. That's That makes me so mad. See, Johnny, up here in Canada, we don't have it. I oh, can't, can't find cornbread up here anywhere to save my life oh my so, god yeah it's it's heartbreaking and then he sends me pictures of this gorgeous looking cornbread <laughs> oh, man, now i, I just started send, that i might have to send you a box now there we go <laughs> uh one virginia said her husband works out at the gym six days a week two hours per day that's that's a good start now this is again um when my workout days, guys, <clears throat> started, this is just a normal day. I'd start, and it's even today, I start my days around 3.34 in the morning. Rob knows that because I text him a picture of the moon around 5 o'clock. <laughs> yep. So I had my first workout from 5. And this is back in the day. It's not like this now. I'd start workout, you know, get it again, 3.30, a dozen eggs. I'm sorry, half a dozen eggs, oatmeal, and a bowl of fruit, and then to the gym. From the gym, I'd come home. I'd have that same breakfast again. I'd lay down and take a nap. I'd get up. I'd go run bleachers, a hundred of them. Then I'd run sprints through uh, on the track. I'd run one side of sprint. And the other side, I'd do agility drill, be a carryover or a side, a side shuffle. And I'd do that eight on each side. So it took me about two hours for my running drills, okay? Then I'd go home, eat again. Now, this by this time... I'm into my pasta, three or four steaks, and three or four chicken breasts. Take a nap. Then I go back to the gym, and I work out again for two hours. Now, my workouts, and I'm not saying her husband's workouts aren't any good, but my, this is the thing is, every set, every set was the failure. And how many people did that? When I left the gym, my way I went back and looked at my workout was how many empty sets did I have and how could I eliminate empty sets? 
Because this okay. is the deal. If you don't go to failure, you're not growing. Okay. When you see, for instance, when you're doing a movement and it's doing that, it's shaking. What that's saying to your body is one muscle fiber is failing and another muscle fiber is joining in. And that's how we grow. And that's how, again, I've, I've told Rob, the hardest thing to do is to produce a pound of lean muscle mass. Okay. And that's why you have to push yourself like that. And the people worked out with me, including Vince McMahon, to any one of the boys in the business, they never could work out with me. Um, because, again, every set was the failure. And if they might work, make it a week or two months or three months, and finally they try to avoid me. <laughs> My workouts, everyone, was truly like if you were training for the Olympics. And I didn't do that for three years. I did that for almost 30 years. That was your lifestyle. It's my life, you know. Mm. Um, real quick, we have got Andrew on here. He goes, I'm not going to lie. My biggest weakness is oatmeal cream pies. It's my kryptonite. But I promise you, Sid, I will take your advice. And in a few months, I will share an update. Currently, I'm 240 looking to get back to cruiserweight shape. Sid, you the man. Well, listen, uh, Andrew, I'll be glad to help you through this. You know, uh, you asked Rob, I'm, I'll text you or I'll call you in the morning to see how your diet's going and give you some tips. I've been doing that for uh, several people. I'm doing it with, for a guy in Atlanta. Not that Rob's listening to me on his diet, but I've given him some points too. But um, no, this is the thing is, um, I look at it as like, set yourself a goal. Um and say, make it reasonable. Don't say I'm going to lose all this in a week or a month. Give yourself the rest of this winter. Then set yourself, like, say, okay, I'm going to go from now to December. But when I get to December, from you know, from the end of December to the, say, the first of March for a summer starts, I'm going to want to kick it into another gear. And this is what I do. I work really hard between now and December. When I get to December, my first goal at the beginning of the year is how many days starting January 1st can I make it without missing a day? And I've always been able to go 100 or more days without missing. And what I usually do, I start a week before the, that other year is up. And I give myself five or six days before January 1st starts. Mm. That's how I win. Mm. So, Andrew, send us an email to uh, info at viciouscirclepod.com. We'll walk you through it. We'll get this set up. Yeah, man. I'd love to help you. And I got a question. We'll end question. on this question here, Johnny. Give us the last question for the day. All right. Sid, when I know I seen you back in 88 when you were Sid Vicious. When you when you did the character of Psycho Sid, how did that come about? And did you think that was gonna be successful? Well, Johnny, I'm going to give you a straight shooting answer. And I don't do this for most people, okay? Okay. They called me Psycho Sid because I stabbed Arndt Anderson for stabbing me, okay? Mm -hmm. I mm. didn't think it was going to get over because I didn't like, because they didn't tell me about it. And at first, I tried not to let it get over. And I didn't. And then I finally said, you know, I'm stuck with this shit. Make the best out of it, and I did that as well. Mm. Mm. Is that wow. And that's honest. I could beat around the bush, Johnny, but I'm not. Um, that's I've answered that a bunch of different times differently, but that's exactly what it was. They took mm. advantage of a situation with me and Arn um, that we got into a, that horrible disagreement, and then they tried to capitalize on it, and this is the reason being. 
because their business is so bad. When I went to the first television taping, they didn't have over 200 people at their table. And this was the first time I'd ever saw it like that. So, again, Johnny, you don't know this, but we went months in there sometimes without getting paid. That's how bad it was. And I what? took that. And this is no bullshit. I took that territory and turned it around to where everybody finally, we were selling out again. And that's what I took that horrible name, Psycho Sid. They actually changed the spelling of it because of that too, everyone. You remember that, Rob? Mm -hmm. It was P-S-Y-C-H, whatever. Then they went to S-Y-C-H-O because it, it, they were going to then allow me to get over. Mm. So it was good for market, and that's why they changed it. Right. And you mm. did own it there for a while too at the end because, like, like you said, you could do anything you wanted with that character. Right. Well, this is the thing is it was a good character. Uh, and it opened up a lot of um, different things I could do, you know. Um, and then for me, it also was the time in my career where I was the most proud of myself, where I actually forced the business to do what I wanted them to do. And it was just because of my hard work and being over and doing it really the way I wanted to do it. And at that point, I'd done it just the way I wanted. I walked out on Vince when I wanted to walk out. He brought me back, put me on the whipping post. I got off the whipping post, post and put him on the whipping post. Mm. That's how it works, Johnny. Mm. You know, I heard someone say, I can't remember. I don't know if it was on TV or, or if it was just near me. But I heard someone say, before there was, before, I think they said before there was Brock Lesnar, there was Sid Vicious. You never heard that? I've heard this. It was it was Sid Vicious and only Sid Vicious. That's the one I heard. That's the story I heard. <laughs> yeah. Anything after Sid Vicious wasn't Sid it, Vicious. It, you you set a you set a path for a lot of guys, man. A lot of guys. Yes. Well, I saw I I I, I gave the territory a shot in the arm that's never seen before. I took them where this is the thing is got they were truly going against the grain with me. And I fought myself to where they said, you know what, we gotta use this guy. We're gonna make him champ. Mm. And Shawn Michaels retired because of that. Oh, what? Yeah, of course you don't know that, Johnny. He was supposed to put the belt back on me and he retired because he said his back was out. Now, again, well, I don't it was those three power bombs you gave him. <laughs> no, it's just because he – this is the thing. is nothing against Sean. Sean couldn't sell out – him and – again, him and Kevin, and i use this for example. When they worked with Brett in Canada, they could not sell out a junior high school. I was there, okay? They couldn't sell out a TV taping. They couldn't sell out Toronto. They couldn't sell out a high school in Canada when Brett was a champ working with Sean or Kevin. When I become champ, they sold out everywhere they went – no matter who I was working with, a baby face or heel, that had never been done in the business and has never been done that successfully since then as well. Mm. And anything after me was only a copy of me. Mm. You know what? We're at 115. We got to go. That's my lucky minute, 15. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Johnny, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. And uh, everybody else, we'll be back on Sunday. Yep. And uh, a lot more fun and questions. All right, fellas, get some rest. You too, Johnny. Thanks for coming on. To All right, shit. Hold on. We still on? Yep. Okay, real quick, because this is it might be the only chance I get to do this. 
this is right or wrong Wednesday, and it might be the only Wednesday I get to do this. And and not that I'm wrong, but there's a chance I could be. And this is this is just a little kick back in the teeth to people like Jim Ross. And this isn't being vindictive. This is doing the same that you guys have done me over the years. I had a gentleman the other day, a young man, call me and tell me a story about this, and I want everybody to know this story. He had given his pictures of him and his brother as a tag team to a guy who's pretty reputable. They were all in a television taping at AEW. This one gentleman handed the pictures to Jim Ross and says, I know these guys personally, and they're pretty good guys. And just Jim Ross's statement back to this guy was, yeah, all we need is a couple more darkies. Now, I'm going to say that because, again, I, we're not getting back into politics, but I believe in social injustice more than anyone. And in the wrestling business, I've told people this a million times. There's, any, there's not anything more social injustice and racism there is in the wrestling business. And we all know that. Now, I'm not going to get into it, but it, they'll, have their, they'll have their reasons why they think it's like that. And I'm not going to uh, tell you what their reasons why they think they have to not give people of color a chance. But comments like this, if it's true, is why we don't see enough African-Americans or color people of color, Chinese or whatever, doing as well because of comments like this. Now, this isn't something that I'm going by the fly of my pants. The person who told me this, I've known this person since he was 15 years old. I've known this person never to say a cuss word, never tell me a lie, and maybe one of not the most honest people I've ever met in this business. Um, not that it matters, but a good Christian guy, uh, and his whole family. I know his mother, uh, when he was 15 years old, he put me on a show and he couldn't even drive there. He had his mother pay me. So I, they're good people. Uh, he wouldn't have said this if it, if he didn't think it was true. So what I told him, we were going to have him on last Wednesday, but we couldn't get on last Wednesday. And we didn't know that this Wednesday was until just the other day. Now I know he's probably listening to this and I told him this and I said, now, if you don't want to do this and come on, you don't have to. And I would understand completely. And he said, no, he wanted to come on. And the only reason, and that's the only reason I'm telling the story right now, because he said he does want to come on. And if he's hearing this story now, that he will come on Sunday if he's able to. There and we we'll clear, And this, again, reason I'm saying it right now, because it might be my only chance to do a right or wrong Wednesday. I won't mm-hmm. do this on a Sunday. And the reason is because... On the vicious circle, I'm trying to stick completely to 100% the truth. But this is one thing I believe there is some truth lies in this story. No, that's good to get out. It is. That's a good topic to talk on. I, I think it will be. And um, again, I'm not going to mention his name right now, but he's called me a couple times. I couldn't get him on the show because, I, again, I didn't know this show until today. And the reason I couldn't wasn't able to call him back. People said, don't you have his number? Well, I'll tell you what happened to his number. Rob had testified to this. For some reason of late, I can't even send Rob a text or a picture or something because my phone has a problem of downloading things. So I had to erase everything off my phone just to get Rob a picture of a fucking hamburger. No, <laughs> no, no another piece of chicken, Rob. <laughs> no, I really couldn't. So, again, I, I had to erase everything. But this, this person will call me back. He calls me all the time. He wouldn't have brought this up if it didn't bother him. 
No, exactly. That's another big That's thing. the thing is, guys, if we get a chance to get him on. I think everybody will feel the same. I feel, and this isn't far-fetched. I mean, <clears throat> I know Jim Ross, and he says a lot of stupid stuff since I've known him. And from my understanding, he said a lot of stupid stuff on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is somewhat stupid. So this is something I believe could have been said. Well, we're going to find Well, he already said uh, – someone told me this, and I'm not here to beat down Jim Ross tonight. Someone said that, um, that this was a word going around AEW, that he was down on some of those guys because they weren't doing it the way they did it back in the old day. I said this about Jim Ross since AEW started. They don't need him on that TV. And I'm not saying this to be mean or cruel. Mm-hmm. First of all – you had an opportunity to start over. You didn't have to tag yourself to the WWE with Jim Ross or WCW. You could have been AEW. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw a name and hat. The guy's probably dead now. You could have had someone that wasn't, say, connected to wrestling but had a big audience, like a radio personality like uh, Rick Dees. This was a long time ago. Rick Dees was really popular at one time. But that's something I've been telling people. Go to something like that. Guy's good on the mic. And teaching wrestling moves. You don't have to know every wrestling move. Again, Jim Ross is, um, and I, I'm not saying this to be horrible either, uh, or to sound like Donald Trump, but it just isn't a good look for t- Jim on TV either. And I, I'm not downing anyone with a disability or something's happened to them, but there's a place and time for everything in the world. And being a commentator on a new show isn't a time to display Jim Ross. Mm. That's deep. Well, no, it's not deep. It's just, again, just uh, this doesn't matter if he says anything about black people or not. This is just that part is that if you start a new show, you shouldn't have that there. You know, I've said that from the beginning about Jim. This other story just came up in the past week. I'm just going back on what I have said about Jim. This isn't something I just said tonight. I said this in the very first taping of AEW. Again, I'm meaning this 100% through my heart. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm saying this is a business mm. that if I want my TV to look the best it can, there's a reason he's not on WWE, okay? Um, there's a reason they took Lawler off. There was a responsibility of uh, medical reasons. They brought him back because they had no one else. Again, they didn't bring back Jim Ross. There's a reason for that. Gotcha. Well, I think that's a good place to end the show for tonight. I do too, everyone. So uh, until Sunday. Yeah, normally it's next week, but until Sunday. Yep. <laughs> now, Sunday, everyone, I want them to get their wrestling um, heads on, headphones. I want some really good wrestling questions. We're going to veer away from the politics a little bit. I made my point tonight about that. We will do a quick update on everything. I don't think anything's going to change on that. Um, they're trying to make it. I don't think if someone came out with four heads on their shoulder tomorrow, it's going to make a difference. No. <laughs> it's not everyone. So just, um, this, this, this next week, I want some really good questions about wrestling. Um, okay. and if anyone has anything that they want to bring up about politics, I definitely want to hear it, but I want to hear questions from people about politics. I don't want to be the one always doing the educating. Yeah. Let's find some topics. Right. I, I don't you know. I don't want to seem like I know it all, which I do, but I want you people to understand it too. And I want you to give me feedback on this. 
What have you learned? What What have I said tonight that might either say that I'm right or wrong? If, if I'm wrong next week, I want someone to tell me I'm wrong. I mean, this Sunday. But if I'm right, I want you to say, you know what, Sid? I've had from Wednesday to Sunday to think about it. Man, that makes sense. There we go. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. All right. Well, for another week at the Vicious Circle, we'll see you later. See you Good night, everyone. Johnny, right. thanks for... Go ahead. Right. I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, see, I'm going to send you some cornbread. You need some cornbread. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> thanks, right. Johnny. All right, y'all. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi, co-host Rob Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Productions, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Trouble.